welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. Yay, welcome to our podcast. We're watching romantic comedies. Woo! woo. <laughs> We're watching them in chronological order. Hello. It'll be anarchy. <laughs> Mostly it's just utter chaos. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful utter chaos. Beautiful chaos. Green Day would be proud of us. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, we got hype by listening to some Green Day this morning. Hey, we got two to do today. Yep. It's a. It's going to be a long day of rom- romance and comedy. Yeah, but I think, I think it'll be a good day. I think it'll be a good day. Yeah, we got some good, we got some good stuff. Yeah. Lined up for, for today. Yeah, what are we starting out with today? Uh, our first one today is 1994's It Could Happen to You. It could happen to you. <laughs> that was the most terrifying thing you've ever done before. Like, ever. <laughs> that's that's what, that's how I read the title. <laughs> <laughs> like you're Satan? Or Damien? A little bit. Slightly. Beelzebub, get out! <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know, maybe a couple entities. Yeah, in, in in inside. Yeah, that you just haven't let out. <laughs> I'm working through it. Oh, okay, okay. I don't need to call the priest just yet. No, no, no not yet. No. Okay, no. okay. No pea soup. No, no. Okay. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The movie is not a horror movie, <laughs> as Damien would like you to believe, <laughs> or is it? <laughs> So the description on the Netflix is in this charming romantic comedy based on a true story. A coffee shop waitress gets a life changing tip when a beat cop comes up short on pocket change and promises her half of his potential winnings from a lottery ticket. This is not a horror movie. This is going to be cute. I guess. Although money is involved. So money is the root of all evil. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's, he's making leaps and bounds here. <laughs> it sounds like that Ashton Kutcher movie with um, what's her face? Uh, blah 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 blah. What happens in Vegas? They win a whole bunch of money in Vegas and get married, and then they like were drunk when they got married, so they want to get it annulled. But if they get it annulled, they have to basically split everything down the middle which includes the winnings and Ashton Kutcher is like, no, I played the place, the bet at the blackjack table. Oh, and so he's being greedy basically, but then they fall in love. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically what it is all about. Uh, it stars the greatest cast ever based on just this first. cast. <laughs> <laughs> it stars Nicolas Cage as our beat cop, Bridget Fonda and Rosie Perez. It was directed by Andrew Bergman. It's rated PG for mild language and a scene of cop action. (laughs) It literally says that (laughs) on DVD.com. The MPAA was strange in its early days. It might be a re-rating for DVDs, so... Still strange. It's an hour and 41 minutes long, and it's rated 3.5 stars on the Netflix. Which means people don't think it's terrible. Yeah. Wasn't Moonstruck around this one, this rating too? Yeah, I think so. I just really want to see Nicolas Cage yell some more. I'm so down for that. I hope you get your wish. I feel like I will, because he yells in like every movie he's in. (laughs) Even National Treasure. 
which is a national treasure. Wow, I can't believe this is the reason we picked this romantic <laughs> It's magical. I think it's going to be beautiful, Justine. All right, let's 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 see the beauty of Nicolas Cage. Of Nicolas Cage. See Acting. what's happening. Yeah. yeah, let's go. It could happen to you. Could happen to you. I just keep thinking, um, it had to be you. It had to be you. Yep. It had to be. That's a. It could happen to you. We just watched It Could Happen to You from TriStar Pictures, aka Sony. Sony. <laughs> <laughs> See, we we say that for every studio, so we're not. So we're not discriminating. Yeah. It's not just Disney. Not just Disney. 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 <laughs> It's fun. It's fun. People who know us know we really, really love Disney. <laughs> yes, we really do. Really, really do. <laughs> Ashley, what did you think of this movie? It was beautiful and magical, and I loved it. It was like a little fairy tale wrapped in a romantic comedy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was my the perfect level of campiness and overdramaticism. Like, just the perfect... Just a little dusting of it here, a little dusting of it there. I was so happy. It's also one of the movies that you don't have to watch to get every detail. I enjoyed that about it. I was like, okay, we've reached the level of this. This is this is a real rom com. It's yeah. a genuine, real grade A rom com. And yeah, I didn't have to watch all of it. Yeah. <laughs> You know the general story, and you know what's going to happen, and you just you go along for the ride. Yeah. I did think it felt very long. I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, where it was leading to, in terms of like the money, and the romance, and the marriages. And the... I feel like they got together, and then I was like, what are about all these open-ended questions? And then it, the movie continued. <laughs> Yes. It didn't end with them, like, getting together. They got together much earlier. Yes. I thought it was going to end with the court case, which I think would have been a more, like, editing-wise better ending. Satisfying. Yeah, it would have It would have felt... It wouldn't have made me feel... Like, part of that at the end, unfortunately, Rosie Perez's character was kind of overbearing and kind of a bitch, and you wanted some, you wanted some rep- retribution for her just not being a good person and although you get that through voiceover at the end it's not as satisfying as her losing the court case would have been oh you wanted her to lose i wanted her to lose because she had she got everything that she wanted it wasn't like she needed the money or what she just needed to prove it was just a power trip for her yeah. She needed to prove that she had the power and she could do whatever she wanted with both people involved. Yeah. She was very greedy. Yes. And I think that, like, having her win, since it was already established with how greedy she was, it just wasn't... It was just a weird twist and turn that didn't, story-wise, make you want to continue watching the movie. Yeah, I feel like they could have won Nick Cage and Bridget Fonda. They mm-hmm. could have won... And then he could have still did the same thing of like, oh, the money doesn't matter. And they like give away all their money. And then Rosie Perez would have been like, no. Yeah. Like there needed to be some with how much they set up her characterization of a money whore. That is the best description I have for her. 
vilifying yeah vilifying her her lust for material things and just money in general um i think would have been a better fairy tale yeah it would have been a better it would have stuck in line with with that fairy tale kind of kind of ending because she kind of becomes the um evil queen in snow white kind Mm -hmm. of way where at the end she loses everything that she wanted yeah yeah i definitely feel it could have been tighter like i said the movie just kept going and they kept on like coming up with all these new cutesy things and twists and and i'm just like but they're together what's the point (laughs) there was definitely some interesting like things that they did with the money that i thought was cute uh just as like a general this is a nice feeling for as a human being like you don't feel that all of humanity is at the pit of hell. Yeah. Two nicest people to get the money. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Nick Cage. Mr. Can Do No Wrong. Oh my god. The opening with him. Oh, we need to talk about the opening montage of explaining who Nicolas Cage's character was with our narrator, who was my favorite character. <laughs> you want to go? Uh, Yeah. So we opened the movie up with some really overdramatic music on New York. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a musical. I was sorely disappointed that it wasn't because it could have been an awesome musical. You could turn this, you could actually probably turn this into a Broadway winning show now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, so it opens up, it has this nice little montage with some voiceover um, with our narrator. Our who's... narrator, Angel. Angel. He's adorable. It's Isaac Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> He's adorable. And the voice. Yeah, and well, he's not chef in this. Oh, he's <laughs> um, he does start out with once upon a time. Yes, um, in a city where everyone is uh, hopeful that miracles happen. Yeah, and you, we are introduced to Charlie, another Charlie. This is our like third Charlie in a row, excluding our last week, because we had Charlie in um. So I think I married an ex murderer. And Charles in Four Weddings at a Funeral. I mentioned this on the blog. I was already like, we've had way too many Charlies. And now another one. Okay, sorry. I feel like it was a very popular name in the 90s. If you're going to write a rom-com. Name your character Charlie. There it is. It's how you win. We're going to write the most rom com rom-com. <laughs> It'll be like horrible. <laughs> It'll be horrible, but yet Disney will, will still produce it continue (laughs) we have our montage with charlie with charlie and he is like the best cop in the city of new york the best cop in the world in the world he's got all that cop action (laughs) cop action cop action yes we did yell cop action every time (laughs) yes we did there was cop action (laughs) so he like delivers babies on buses on buses he uh, helps out a blind man who almost gets run over by a bunch of cars. Mm-hmm. He's overall very helpful to the community. He plays baseball or stickball mm-hmm. with the kids that he lives around in Queens. He's just a, he's just a good guy. He's very he's very community oriented. He loves the children. Mm-hmm. Loves the babies. Um, we also meet Muriel, Rosie Perez, Charlie's wife. Wife. Who works in a beauty parlor. Mm-hmm. And she's mad because her husband doesn't make enough money. She is running out of patience. Yeah. <laughs> as she puts it. 
She needs money. She needs money to live. Mm-hmm. She puts a hand over her her breastage. Which she doesn't have yet. Which she doesn't. <laughs> it's there. It's there in spirit. Mm-hmm. And swears up and down to the lady who she's giving a perm that she's going to leave her husband because he's just not fulfilling her needs. Mm-hmm. Monetarily. Her, her, her financial and physical possession needs. Mm-hmm. We also meet Yvonne. It's our Bridget Fonda character. Yvonne, who was very Meg Ryan in this. Yes. It, like, just, yeah. She, like, physically possessed <laughs> Meg Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> she just was, she cut the hair. She gave it that wave curl thing mm-hmm. that Meg Ryan is famous for. She wore the glasses on the end of her nose. Yep. <laughs> then she had them on a string. Mm-hmm. Yep. She was very Meg Ryan. Adorable. Yeah, so we meet her in court. She went to civil court to get a bankruptcy thing. She's trying to deny these credit card charges that she has. She says that this is her husband's debt. And then the judge says, well, you're married to him. You're not divorced. And he's an authorized user and the card is in your name. So it's also your debt. And she says, I'm divorced in my heart. I understand that. But that's not in the law. So, like, she's trying to butter up the judge saying how she met Eddie. The judge uh, declares her bankrupt. Yeah, which you don't... That's not how you declare bankruptcy. With a big rubber stamp, this is bankruptcy? No. (laughs) Well, that and you don't do it in civil court. It's in bankruptcy court. Mm. They don't... They have different courts for that. Each judge has a specialty. Our narrator says that... The people of this town are always waiting for miracles. Poor New York. So angry. Aw, they just need a miracle. They just need a miracle and a hug. (laughs) We go to Charlie's house. He's in the bathroom. Rosie Perez is in the shower. He's shaving his face. Yeah. Um, She's telling him about this dream that they would win the lottery. We also learn that he wants kids. And she doesn't want kids until they have money. Yeah, we don't have money for kids. Yeah. He's like, cops have kids. (laughs) Firemen have kids. Teachers have kids. Kids. I want kids. All the kids. Nicholas Cage with my dramatic reading of everything. (laughs) Why do you sound like Jewish Nicholas Cage? (laughs) I don't have a Nicholas Cage impression. Just reaching into my bank. I got, it's like a little like toned down Gary Marshall. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's like Gary Marshall, but serious. (laughs) What's your Nicolas Cage impression? I want kids. I just want them. I just need them. It's like William Shatner, but deeper. Okay. (laughs) I want kids. There you go. Ooh, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta have the staccato. Yeah. (laughs) On different words. (laughs) With big eyeballs. Big eyes. Big eyes. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I want kids. <laughs> we don't need money. I don't need the money. The money isn't important to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun having a Nicolas Cage in a movie. <laughs> oh, so Muriel says that she had a dream. I said that. Okay. Yeah. Her dead father is coming. Has came to her. In the dream. It's her dead dad. Yeah. 
God rest, God rest his soul. <laughs> I went to do the thing and I hit the microphone. There's a microphone in front of your face. I know, it's there and I forgot. Oh, the sign of the cross will wait for no microphone. <laughs> Jesus Christ compels you. <laughs> I have no response to any of this. You just have to remember that you're doing an exorcism. That's just how it is. <laughs> That's what I think. Like you do a lot of you do a lot of praying and this and rocking back and forth. Why are we so about the exorcism on this episode? Because you think you thought it was gonna be a horror movie. Kind of was. For you. I thought it was magical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Where were we? He wants kids. She believes that her dead dad is coming to her. Well, so he agrees to get the lotto tickets. He's waiting in line for the lotto. Also, at the same time, Yvonne is late for work. She's a waitress. So he has his partner named Bo. Bo was adorable. Yeah. African-American cop with Nick Cage. They go to the diner to dine. Well, uh, Bo is starving. Yes. he does not let go of... And wanted to go to Burger King, but it's still five blocks south. Yeah. Well, it's five blocks away. Yeah, it's five blocks somewhere. And there just happens to be this diner across the street that they've never been to. Fate. A lot of rom-coms are about fate. It's because, like, they're geared towards telling women that your life won't start until you meet a man. It's just a lot of magical moments. This magic moment. moment. <laughs> okay, so they're at the diner. They're at Yvonne's diner. Oh, so, but they got to go. So all they could order was the coffee. And she's all snarky at them. Remember, you loved her? I did love her. It was beautiful. It's like, that would be me. She's a snarkosaurus rex when she first meets them. Yeah, she doesn't trust cops. Yeah, I loved her in this bit. And he, he is like, I don't know what I did. To hurt you. I can't pay my bill. Yeah. I only got a dollar. Yeah, he can't. He, oh, no, he couldn't pay for tip. Oh, he couldn't give her a tip. And he so he just refuses to pay for his entire bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's this thing. They get called. They got to go. So they grab their billy clubs. Yeah, which don't <laughs> exist anymore. So he's like, I can't. Listen, lady, I can't pay for my tip. I only have. The, I don't have anything. Oh. He didn't have $2.07. Well, he did have... No, he did have $2.07, but he didn't have the extra dollar for the tip. Right. So he says, as this is in the movie description, here, you can have lotto ticket. If we win tonight, I'll come back tomorrow and give you half the money. And she's like, my luck is so bad. Whatever, jerk face. You're probably never going to come back. Get out of here, your big jerk face. And that. Oh, then we got some night night stickball with the kids of the neighborhood. Charlie gets called up by his woman. Charlie! 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 Every week. Every week, every week. Girl meets world. Charlie Gardner! Charlie Gardner. What will happen today? <laughs> yeah, they are playing stickball in... Muriel wants him to come up. Muriel. Muriel? Muriel. Muriel? Did I not say it right? You said Muriel, <laughs> which is not a name. 
It could be. I want it to be a name. Anything could be a name nowadays. Good. Name my kid Apple. It's been done. Name my kid Calendar. (laughs) (laughs) Come along, Calendar. (laughs) No, you could call him Callie for short. Oh, that's an actual name. Yeah, but see, I want to be weird first. (laughs) This is my son, Cal. Short for Calendar. (laughs) Short for Calendar. Maybe that's why (laughs) Cal and Titanic was so angry. (laughs) That's the only Cal I know. I'll say that I'm naming our child Calendar. Is it with an E-R or an A-R? That's very important. (laughs) I texted Sam and said I was naming our kid Calendar, and his response is just no. Come on, Sam, give it a chance. So we established that he has this good relationship with the neighborhood kids. He's a good guy. You know, he's he's forever an upstanding citizen in this movie. He, he can, can do no wrong. He can do no wrong. Nothing. He has no faults. No faults whatsoever, except that he's Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I love Nicholas Cage. Um. So... He goes upstairs and he's watching TV with Muriel, which he decides, like, I should get a boob job. And they're just overall annoying each other. They're overall just annoying in general together. Yeah. Uh, Yvonne goes home and she gets a call from MasterCard and they won't give her any credit or something. or They won't give her any, like, debt relief Yeah, is what she was asking for, I think. Yeah. Or trade it, like... Make it so that she could, like, maybe get off of that card and just put it all in his name. Yeah. Yvonne has a friend come over, which who we never see again. No, she's the other waitress oh. in the diner. I, I never see her s- several times. Oh, I never see her outside of her dining environment. She's the one who helped her with the... Uh, the pie. The pie. Well, the pie and the, uh, the oh, coffee. Oh, soup. Yeah, coffee, not soup. Coffee. The coffee. Right, she has a friend. I don't know her name. I don't think she had a name. Uh, so that's the night of the jackpot. It's a $64 million lottery. Woo-woo. And so they're arguing. They're arguing about the numbers, Muriel and Charlie, because he got the number wrong. He put 26 in 20, instead of 27. 27th is their actual anniversary. Yes, the 26th is the day that they got their marriage license. Right. Um, so they're arguing, and they can hear the numbers in the background. And wait a minute, wait a minute, did you hear 26? And then they, they won. They won lotto. They won big. Sort of. Right. Not really. After they call up the lotto company, mm-hmm. it, other people, of course, have won. 16 other people, including a bowling team. Yes. So they are down to having $4 million, which is a lot of dough. Yes. And she is upset yeah she wanted all the does yeah all of them she's like can we even live on four million dollars like lady and like during this point you see nicholas cage's eyeballs getting bigger Bigger and bigger bigger. (laughs) he's freaking out and he goes i have something to tell you and then she screams and they're like outside yeah (laughs) yeah so he told her he dropped the bomb that they still have to split it again. Sorry, honey. They have this argument about it. Pretty much it comes down to the moral conundrum. He says it's the right thing to do. And she's like, but this is a stranger, you know? 
promise is a promise. That's his catchphrase, isn't it? Yep. He had a better catchphrase than in Only the Lonely. What was that guy's? He had a similar catchphrase in Only the Lonely. It's good to be a cop. Oh, I thought he also had one about have, keeping promises. No. I guess not. It's good to be a cop. It's good to be a cop. Shut up. <laughs> this guy was also a cop and he, yeah. I don't know, cops have catchphrases. You just go down to the Culver City PD and, hey guys, what's your catchphrases? What's What's your catchphrase? What what you got? What you got? Is this how you make detective? Okay, show me what you got. (laughs) (laughs) I am I am going to judge who should be the the detective based on best catchphrase. Go. It's a good it's a good (laughs) contest. I approve. (laughs) Yeah, he says I gave her my word. My word. My word. My word, Loretta. (laughs) Johnny has his pride. Johnny has his hand. Loretta, I just feel like the drama worked better in Moonstruck because everybody else <laughs> was there. Was there in the drama? He was the only one being dramatic in this movie. Rosie was. Yeah. Rosie was just funny about it. Yeah. Rosie was more animated than Nicolas Cage. He just... was like serious drama. He was like a wooden spoon. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> he was so okay. First of all, he was a pushover. Which, like, a spoon is kind of like a... It's the pushover of all of the utensils. <laughs> Almost as much as a spork. But... <laughs> Ashley, are you high right now? No, I'm not. I haven't had any drugs at all. Okay, go on. <laughs> How else is he like a wooden spoon? He's so stiff. He is just so, like... And I I just... I need... I, I don't care about the money. Muriel, shut up. <laughs> Like, it's just, I see if, if I were to personify any type of item as Nicolas Cage, it would be a wooden spoon. <laughs> can you think about, can you picture it in your mind? Of it's a just spoon? his giant eyeballs yeah. on a wooden spoon. <laughs> and then him yelling about Johnny having his hand. Maybe his hair. His yeah. <laughs> his really bad comb over hair. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> okay. So the next day he asked his partner, Bo. What what would you do? What should I do? What would anybody do? And Bo's like, I know how I would spend the money, but I don't know what you should, should do. do. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, I want Nick's tickets. Right. <laughs> I like to be on a boat. I like to do this. I like to have one of those stereo systems so you don't mm. have to carry around your boombox. That's right. <laughs> Nicholas Cage goes to the diner. He's very nervous. He, he doesn't... has a present for her? Yeah. <laughs> and how an sweet. envelope? With five dollars in it? Yes. <laughs> he asked her to choose the envelope or what's behind door number one. Yeah. <laughs> the envelope or the door. <laughs> envelope or, or the, the door. door. But yeah, first he gives her the present, the little box. It's a chain for her glasses because she's always losing her glasses. And it's the nicest gift she's ever gotten. And it's precious. But before he can bring up the money thing, he she kind of like dumps all her woes on him. So sorry, I was so rude yesterday. I was such a terrible day. It was the worst day of my life. I'm this, I'm that. Ugh, my puppies died when I was a child. <laughs> Every bad thing that has happened. It's like that line from uh, King Kong. Every time you reach out, like you think you're happy about something, life just reaches out and snatches it away. Oh, also her boss is there. It's this awful guy who just sits at a like a cigarette counter and counts money yeah he's scrooge he's, he's scrooge. ebenezer scrooge 
I've come for you. Yvonne, where's my coppers? I'm sorry, Sam's response to the calendar thing is, we could just call them calcium. That's not a name. <laughs> it's calendar. I bought calendar. <laughs> it's because I convinced you. You have a way with words. Oh, so that boss, that's when um her and her friend give him cigarette ash coffee. And then Charlie gives her the gift with the glasses chain. Then Yvonne is like, my whole life is bad luck. And then I went bankrupt yesterday. And that's like the deciding factor yeah, for him. Yeah, like folds up the close-up shot of him folding up the envelope and is just like but he still makes her choose and yeah. she chooses well well he says do you want double your tip or do you want half of the lottery and she's like yeah sure whatever i'll take half the lottery <laughs> jerk <laughs> that's me and he's like i i was hoping you would say that a promise is a promise a promise is a promise <laughs> So she freaks out, like with happiness, with joy. Gives ice cream to everyone. Everybody. With pie. Everybody gets pie. You get a pie. You get a pie. She does turn into Oprah. She does, a little bit. <laughs> and so, yeah, she gives him a big hug. And that's how that ends. Muriel is mad. I as hail. And she just can't take it anymore. But he kind of frames it to her. That like, hey, you're being such a good Samaritan, I bet people will endorse you and you can get a lot of fame out of this. Yeah. You want to be famous? Yeah. Mm. Be the nicest person. Be Muriel, the wife with the heart of gold. The woman. The woman with the heart of gold. Let's not, let's not degrade her that low. Touche. <laughs> so there's this ceremony with the giant check giving ceremony that they all go to, all the winners. Because apparently that happens. When you win the lottery? I like it. No, I, I liked that it was a thing, and I liked that it was kind of like a support group that you now have. Yeah. Um, even more of that later with the, the boat. Yeah. So there's these news teams just, like, getting the stories of, like, what are you going to do with your $4 million or whatnot to each person? But then, like, uh, Charlie's like, oh, I gave half my winnings to this waitress as a tip. And then, like, that news guy yells over his... I got a cop over here that gave a waitress a million dollar tip. Two million dollars. Two million dollar tip. And then all the news people rush over. They run over people. Like, there's, like, a, tra a stampede of reporters. So they're big news story now. Huge. Huge. They're on the front page of the paper. Paper. Uh, Rosie Perez has been cropped out of the photo. Yeah. Rosie, you not important. Mm-mm. Uh, so then there's this spending spree montage, which Emily Deschanel is in. It's beautiful. As soon as, like, because I, I opened up the, the, the thing to start the research, and I'm like, oh, my God, do you know who the person that threw paint on Rosie, <laughs> Rosie Perez was? Is Emily Deschanel. That's just crazy sauce. Bones. Bones. What are you doing? This, like, I love, it just really fits into like bones's backstory <laughs> it does it really does like when she's like 18 and just like angry about everything yes 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 so when they go back home all their neighbors and have gathered and they're cheering for charlie and muriel congratulations Ooh. couldn't happen to a better person yvonne on the other hand is having a much quieter experience she gets home 
She has her macadamia nuts. She eats them. She she enjoys the simple things. Yeah. Well, macadamia nuts are really expensive. On on the scale of nuts, yes. yes. On the scale of uh, like peanut to cashew, <laughs> they are up there. They are actually they're they're higher than cashews. <laughs> <laughs> they are an eleven. <laughs> Then Ashley's favorite part. I can all these are Ashley's favorite part. <laughs> um, her husband calls, her husband Eddie, and It's Stanley Tucci <laughs> And he <laughs> is exactly the same. Except for he looks way bad. Yeah. <laughs> he has improved with age. He has, but the acting style is basically the same and it's just like Oh, you just exude everything, Stanley Tucci. Never change. Never mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's on the phone. He called her up from a payphone. And he's buttering her up. But she's just like, don't ever call me again. He's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. So then the next day, Charlie's on the beat again. He's, you know, he's a cop. He wouldn't care about this $2 million. It's good to be a cop. It's good to be a cop. <laughs> Gotta go deliver a baby on a bus somewhere. Yes. He goes into this uh, Asian grocery store to pick up some coffee. Which we'd seen in the beginning. They, I guess, deal with these guys a lot um, just because him and his wife get into fights a lot. And so they've been to this place. I guess it's on their beat. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they go in and he's, like, super nice to Charlie. Yeah. Because as the camera pans down... We find out. It's a holdup. It's a stick up. Yeah, so like Charlie leaves and he's like, they're being robbed right now. (laughs) You hang out in front. I'm going to go down to the basement and be a hero. Well, the guy said, don't be a hero. And he was a hero. He was a hero. Well, he went and wrote some tickets up for some cars. Yeah, yeah. Charlie goes down, blah, blah, blah. He he catches them and, and he gets shot in the arm. Yeah. It's a scene. It happens. It's a long scene. Yeah. Then there's this award ceremony for his bravery. He's so brave. And he's going to give $10,000 to the widow's... The What is it? Policeman's Widow's Fund. That's nice. Yeah. Muriel. She's not happy about that. Mm-mm. All of her money, her $2 million is just trickling away. Even though it's really... You still got a lot of money. Yeah. So she... Like, he comes home... Yep. Well, I guess it's like a couple weeks later because he's now like out doing the laundry or something and he comes home and his apartment is completely demolished. Yes. It's under construction. The Property Brothers have shown up to do the rental, the flip and sell. Yeah. Buying and selling. Jonathan's there. On HGTV. (laughs) Every day. Especially on Sundays where there's a marathon of actual property brothers. Hells yes. Starting at 10 a.m. Enjoy, people. (laughs) Um, We have no affiliation to HGTV, Netflix, or the property brothers. We just have fine tastes. (laughs) We do. It's made your apartment look very nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 So... Muriel wants to renovate and sell and move somewhere else. She wants to move to freaking Rhode... Or not Rhode Island. That's horrible. She wants to move to Jersey. (laughs) Rhode Island's horrible. No, that's horrible that I uh, tried to think that Jersey was Rhode Island. Like, okay, I've never been on the East Coast, which has been thoroughly documented on this podcast. 
I have no idea what's going on, but I do know that you don't go to New Jersey, that it is just, it is like Atlantic City and a hellhole. Mm-hmm. You just don't go there. Also, Chris Christie lives there, and I just can't deal with that. Everything is legal in New Jersey. Everything? That's a line from Hamilton. Mm. So Charlie and Bo are walking, and they see that Yvonne has bought the diner. It's now called Yvonne's, but Charlie doesn't want to stop in to see her. Because they had a connection, and he felt it. Oh, yeah. Him staring at her wide-eyed. That's their connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. My eyes get too dry. Yeah, mine are watering, too, from doing that. Oh, I do want to mention that um, the realtor there in the, in the previous scene, he was an Indian guy, mm-hmm. and Rosie... Oh, he was their accountant. Oh. Their financial guy. He's Indian. Yes. We've got African-American partner. We've had Asian uh, grocers. We've got Rosie Perez. Who is Latina. So a whole cast of colors in no, this movie. No, it was very nice. And it was written by a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean, our main characters are white. <laughs> yeah. White as snow. Yeah. Because it's snow white. <laughs> he woke her up. He woke her up from her bankruptcy with a kiss. Anyway, <laughs> he gives Bo, um, Charlie gives Bo Nick's tickets. He does his little Nick's tickets dance. Mm-hmm. And then there's this New York Lottery Millionaires Club boat party. Woo! Nicolas Cage is like, mm, meh. I don't like boats. No. Uh, Muriel loves it. She is schmoozing. And, uh... With a guy named Gross. Mr. Gross. Mr. Gross. Yeah. With a horrible spray tan. <laughs> He's Donald Trump. He is Donald... Oh, my God, he is Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, Yvonne shows up, but she can't break her 20 with the cab. She can't make the change. So, uh, Nicolas Cage comes down off the boat and he helps her. But then the boat leaves. So they're stuck off the boat. What will they do? Muriel is distracted with Mr. Gross. Charlie and Yvonne go have dinner. And she says, what you did is like a fairy tale. And he says, and everyone lives happily ever after. Um, They see this like wedding reception happening at the restaurant. They are... Poofy sleeves. There, yes. Ashley loves wedding dresses. (laughs) Wedding dresses that I don't have to wear. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's just very, oh, look, you guys are eating at a table, you're drinking champagne, and then there's this wedding, and don't you just think about marriage, and it's just very- And you're both married, but you're not married to one another, yet you're on a date. And you're all both unhappy, oh my god, it just feels very set up to me. It is. It's so campy. It makes me cringe. It is so campy, but that's, I love camp, you can't like- I love camp, I don't love this kind of camp. Hey, I watched all, like, what was it, six seasons of Glee. Oh, I gave up after, like, the third or something. I mean, like, Darren Chris was pulling me through for a while there. He's so beautiful. Yeah. Let's continue. Let's get through this. So while they're on their date, not date, they talk about their husbands and husband and wife, their partners. They talk about their- They're a significant other. Yeah. How Eddie is a jerk and how Muriel- is obsessed with money. Yeah, and he says that, like, after all these years, they have nothing to say to each other. So then 
Charlie and Yvonne dance and they walk and they set a date hangout tomorrow because he's like, you know, if you're not doing anything, you just want to hang out. I'm here and I understand you and blah, blah, blah. I'm alone. I don't want to deal with Muriel. I guess he was trying to get at he's not there to take advantage of her like other people are. Are. Yeah. For the whole money thing. We're on the same team. Yvonne. So they go rollerblading. In Central Park. It's so 90s. Uh, Charlie rollerblades right into the lake. At Central Park. In Central Park. Whatever that lake is called. Uh, and then they give everybody subway tokens. Which was adorable. To mm-hmm. give the give everybody a free ride home. Yep. And they keep like trying to one-up their little, as it's being called, Robin Hooding. Mm-hmm. So they take all of their kids in the neighborhood to play baseball in Yankee Stadium. Which that must have cost a pretty penny. Yeah, that's probably way worth more than a million dollars. Well, I don't know. I don't know how much it would have cost then. They have like this physical touching moments. Yeah, where they're <laughs> hugging. It's kind of a hug. It's like, ah. I've ah. touched you. Oh, our skin has touched. <laughs> our bodies have been close to one another. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is thinking about that later on in the night. <laughs> our bodies have touched. Oh, wait, it would be more like. I have touched her body. Oh, God. With mine. He, oh, yeah, he mentioned in the dinner that the only woman he's ever been with has been Muriel. Yeah, it was an awkward conversation. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you, like, don't know this woman. And you're just like, well, the only... The only sex I have had. Give me your sex. Yep. Um. So they go home. They bring the kids back home. And Muriel is pissed. Furious. She's throwing out clothes. Mm-hmm. Was she throwing out some of her clothes? Because some of those look like dresses and, like, frilly things. Maybe Charlie has <gasps> finer Can taste. that be a subplot? Can we make that a subplot? I guess. If you make it nice. Yeah, no. Well, he is a genuinely nice human being. He wouldn't do that for, like... Okay, so he's a genuinely things. nice human being, and then in the evenings... He likes to get fancy. With women's clothes. With, with, yeah. Okay. He likes them heels. Come on, girl. Conversely, at the same time, because this is intercut. Yes. Eddie wants money. Yeah, Eddie, like, has broken into her apartment. And he's naked. And he's naked. Wearing a towel. Yeah, he almost showed... Stanley Tucci almost showed some stuff. Yeah. He likes to kick his legs up high. Yes, he does. (laughs) But that's just Stanley Tucci in general. Yes. And it's magical yeah it gave me like so many great flashbacks of the devil wears prada it's just like oh stanley tucci i love you man shave your hair just shave it all off go bald again get them glasses we good mm-hmm. and work work yeah so he wants money to form this this theater group because he's an actor too which we didn't even mention yvonne was an actress at was an point. actress yeah actress turned waitress She's like, get out of here. And he's like, I'm not leaving. And she's like, fine, I'm leaving. So she packs a suitcase and he's like, where are you going to go? The plaza? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go to the plaza. Fanciest hotel in New York City. She's going to go visit Macaulay Culkin. That's right. And so we go over to Muriel and Charlie and they're fighting. And Muriel, she says, you're nothing. You're blue collar nothing. You're always going to want to work for the rest of your life. You're never going to want to. 
yeah. be a rich husband. Yeah, he says, I'm not going to change who I am. I don't care about this. I don't care about the money, Muriel. <laughs> don't care. So Muriel wants a divorce. As quick as possible. Mm-hmm. So Yvonne leaves her apartment with her suitcase. And Charlie leaves his. With his suitcase. With his suitcase. And first he tells the neighborhood kids that he's going to go to the Holiday Inn. And they said, nah, man, you got to go to the plaza. You won the lottery, man. I love that little kid. He was he was awesome. Mm-hmm. So they go to check in at the plaza. Of course, they see each other in the lobby. So they're checking in. They get separate rooms. But they're adjoining. Oh. And then the, the what are they called? Like the assistants who help you into the room the bellhops bellhops they like are in the hallway after they've taken them both in and they're like dude that's the cop and that's the waitress man (gasps) (laughs) they are the talk of all of manhattan yeah there's nothing else that is desiring talk no this is before the avengers showed up Uh, well (laughs) i mean donald trump wasn't doing anything crazy at the time and Let's see who else. And Robert Durst was in Texas. So nothing, nothing weird was like the New York media was just light those weeks. Yep. Some light weeks. Yeah. That these guys were front page news. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Um, Spider-Man wasn't there either. Nope. Not Spider-Man. J. Jonah Jameson was probably pissed that he had to print about the people. <laughs> Cannon. Another great actor. So they open the door between their rooms and Charlie invites her in to talk and they kiss. He says, like, why am I so nervous? I didn't. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. That was weird. I I don't know what to say to that, because like, what would you like in that moment? What would you say? It would just be like, uh, okay. You'd say it's going to be okay. You'd say, because you're about to get some. (laughs) Would I say that? Maybe. In my fanfic, you are. I would probably <laughs> say, it's because, boy, you're going to get laid. <laughs> Ashley for president. <laughs> I don't want to be president. It's too hard. You're president now. No, I don't want to. That's how it works. <laughs> I nominated you. Uh, what party am I part of? What do I, what? Can I be part of the pony party? You're part of the party party. Party! I thought that was the Budweiser party. I don't know. Okay, 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 okay. So the next morning they're wearing robes. Because they had sex. Yeah, that's how you know. Yeah. There were no birds that interrupted this time. (laughs) Though we didn't get a sex scene. Nope. There was no sex scene. The only reason we know is that they were wearing robes. They could have kissed, went to their separate rooms and had baths. But they were all touchy-feely. They did. She did come up behind him and hug his waist. So yeah. that is intimacy yeah. as they're just wearing robes. Yes. You know, body language. That alludes to sexy time. Then I was like, when is this movie going to end? Kind of. So they're in the news again because everybody is like found out that they're in the same hotel and they kind of left together holding hands. So, <gasps> a torrid affair. The New York Post is just on it, man. Yeah. Oh, and the headline was Lotto Love. Secret lovers. Then we got some lawyer battles. Yeah. So so she has a boob job. Yeah, Muriel, she comes in and her boobies are out. With real Rosie Perez's boobs. Breastage. Yes. I like saying breastage. Good. Sounds better than boobs. Uh, Nick Cage is like, she can have my half. 
whatever. I don't care. I don't care about the, the money. Money doesn't matter, Mariel. But she wants the money that he gave away to Yvonne, Miss Yvonne. Miss Yvonne. Miss Yvonne is a character in Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. I yes. remember. She says that they are in a relationship and that they were previously in a relationship before. And that's why he gave her half of the money. Right. So it's very suspicious. It requires law, court things. Court proceedings with a fucking jury trial. Yes. Which would never happen in a civil case. The lawyer says to Charlie, you have to stop seeing Yvonne for a while while this happens. This could look bad. And then he calls her. He says. He leaves her a message. Yvonne, I'm thinking of you, babe. I'm thinking of you. It's not your fault. We'll figure this out. We're gonna get it to work. So we've got court. Courtroom drama. Yeah. The lawyer says Charlie picked the numbers because of the 26, 27 discrepancy. Yes. But then Muriel says that her dead father, God rest his soul, came to her in a dream. Said to Pick the day, the day early. Yeah. Day before your she, wedding. She's lying on the stand. Oh, yeah. She committed perjury. Mm-hmm. Then there's this cross-examination of Charlie. Um, About him hitting her. Yeah. Being an abusive husband. Right. And then there's a cross-examination of Yvonne about her relationship. Be- yep. Her being married and her bankruptcy that happened on the same day. Lots of questioning. Coincidences here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And they ask her, describe your relationship with Mr. Lang today. I love him more than I ever could. She loves him long time. Hard, long time. (laughs) Okay, Steve Carell. (laughs) The verdict is that Muriel wins on all counts. We don't know why. It's gone to a jury. The jury has decided... And the judge agrees, so they have to give the money to Mariel. Yeah, so Yvonne runs out of there crying, and and Charlie's like, Yvonne! 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 As he's running after her, Mm -hmm. and then they're getting chased by photographers and reporters. Yep. Which we didn't talk about the court, they had the courtroom, what are they, the... The sketch... Artists? Yeah. Andrew's catches of this court battle this is a way bigger case than would ever happen yeah yeah it's like there was murder and everything no there was there was money murder money murder the precious dollars the precious hamiltons yep dollar dollar bills y'all so charlie's wandering the city looking for her and he can't sleep and there's this dramatic music super dramatic music the whole movie was like just over dramatic music it was lovely (laughs) <laughs> I was down for it. I was like, oh, look, this is cute. Um, so, yeah, the montage, the sad montage is, like, seriously depressing. He uses a sleeping bag that he could have unzipped and used as a blanket. Instead, <laughs> a Barney, a sleeping, Barney bag. sleeping bag. Instead, he, like, doesn't unzip it and sleeps under the sleeping bag with his feet out. Which is, like, okay. And yeah, he's, like, and he's sleeping at Bo's. Yeah, he's eating dinner with... With Bo and his family. And Bo's like, we'll find her. We got this. You'll be a cop and you'll be fine. And he's like, but she won't. What about her? What about her? I'm fine. What about her? 
It's a great Nicolas Cage. I'm oh! so proud of you. I went someplace. Yeah, it was like you were him. It was like being John Malkovich just happened in your living room. But it was being Nicolas Cage. I don't want to go back there. It's a scary <laughs> place to be in. It's a scary place because you're a Coppola. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, I'm sorry. Are you traumatized? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. You're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> So she's in her diner, which is like, why isn't this the second place you looked after you looked in her apartment? Because he's not a very good cop. (laughs) He's too busy delivering babies and helping street children. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) To learn actual investigative skills. He says, I love you. And she says, I ruined your life. And he says, the money means nothing to me. The money means nothing. Yeah. There's these lines where she says, like, because of me, you have nothing. Yeah. And he says, because of you, I have you. You. (laughs) It should have been because of you, I have everything. Let's just correct that right there. That is a... Because of you, I have you. (laughs) Yeah, this doesn't make sense. And then a homeless guy shows up. Well, yeah, at this point, she's like, yay, I give in. You can stay. I love you. Yeah. Before, she was like, you don't want me. I've ruined your life. Now she's like, yay, we're happy. Then, yeah, homeless guy who is Angel. Our, our narrator. Our narrator, which is confusing to me because he talked into the camera at the beginning, so he's not omniscient. He's an actual character in the story. Yes. It happens. It was magical. Just okay. Mean. Okay. He's a, he's a wizard. Okay. He is a wizard. So he comes he's a in. a wizard angel. <laughs> and he wants soup, so they give him soup, but then we see... Him take a picture. Have him take a picture. While they're planning to, like, move to Buffalo, he has a little secret camera, like in um, Roman Holiday. Yep. He takes pictures, and then he is revealed to be an undercover reporter who's looking at life through the lens of a homeless man. And he has slowly learned all about these two people. And he's like, they were willing to share a bowl of soup with me. Yeah, this is like in, um, so he prints a story a la uh, Never Been Kissed. Yep. <laughs> it's called Their Darkest Hour. Yeah, about how they 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 went through this all and they still remain together. And then, I don't know, that they're just good people and they never cared about the money. Yeah. And this is genuine love. Yeah. And so... So they go to the diner after, I don't know where they've been. Looking for houses in Buffalo, maybe? Yeah, or they just went and stayed. Because he said he had a cousin who yeah. was always wanting him to come and visit. So they, after they were gone for an undetermined amount of time, they come back, and there's this huge mail stack inside the diner. And they open up the mail, and it's people sending them money. Yeah, it took them three days to open it all up. Yeah, there's this whole montage of people collecting money for them and them yeah. opening letters. And they raised $600,000. New York gave him a gift of $600,000. It's a tip. It's a tip. Oh, it's a tip. Oh, I thought he said gift. He says tip. Does that mean it's tax tax deductible? If it was a gift, yes, it would be tax deductible. If it was a tip, no. Well, I don't know how tipping laws worked in the 90s, because I know they're way different Mm. then than they were now. So we're still having this narration by Angel, and he's saying what happened to everybody. Charlie went back to the force. Yvonne got her diner back. Got her diner back, yeah. Eddie gets a job working in a cab. Poor Eddie. And Muriel 
married Mr. Gross, who then cleaned her out and then took all the money. Leave the country. Yep. And then she ended up living with her mom. In the Bronx. Not in Queens. She's out of Queens. She wanted to be out of Queens. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the story. Ding. <laughs> I was Tinkerbell. I know you were. You're telling them. Yeah, I'm telling the listeners. It was beautiful. I loved it. Uh, so we're going to do one of our games. <laughs> Tweet at us if you like our games. Yeah, it's fun. I like them. Uh, we're going to do a dramatic reading, because of course, because it's Nicolas Cage. Ashley's going to be Nicolas Cage. Yep. And I'm going to be Yvonne. I have to get the wad of spit in the back of my throat. Okay. One second. Mariel was the first person I ever... Really? Yeah. That's sweet. I guess. So we went down to the marriage license bureau, and I remember there was that one other couple there. They were Orthodox Jews. It was an arranged marriage. They were surrounded by their families. They couldn't get a glimpse of each other. Couldn't even help to think. They don't even know they're attached to each other. They don't even know they've got anything to talk about with each other. And here it is, ten years later. I bet they're happily married with six cute little kids. And Muriel and I have nothing to say to one another. See. <laughs> Very good. There weren't a lot in here. Oh, there's this other one. It's like we're on two different channels now. I'm CNN, and she's the Home Shopping Network. He's not really CNN. He's not. She's Home Shopping Network, like, all the way. Mm -hmm. He's not CNN. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Oh, my God. This one. I told you I'd share my ticket. I never planned on sharing my heart. Maybe I could get lucky twice today. <laughs> when did he say that? I don't remember. <sighs> I'm happy. You happy? Yeah. Are you ready to rate this film? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've already got it. I'm gonna give this four over dramatic songs. You're gonna say over dramatic cages? No, I I didn't go with the cage. I went with the music this time. The cage. Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give this two and a half subway tokens. Oh, that's a good one. I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed the fact that. It, like, had a thing that it wanted to say, but it wasn't overbearing, and it was fun and cute and campy. Yeah, to me it was fun and cute, and you could definitely turn it on and, like, not have to pay attention to it, and... And it would still make you laugh. Like, it's, mm -hmm. you can take things out of context, and it would still make you laugh, which is, I think, important yeah. for comedy. Yeah, it was genuinely lighthearted. Yeah. It was just, like, a little too long and a little too, like serious i don't know i definitely would agree with that um you you liked it yeah it, a little a little annoying for me yeah i can let certain things slide yeah next week we're going to the past we are going to the past it's gonna be past ashley and past justine this we're going to pre-married ashley <laughs> going all the way back to june um we recorded a special episode um during ashley's bachelorette party during my bachelorette party, I really wanted to watch freaking Clueless. And we did. And 1995's we did. Clueless. So you get to hear some of my cousins and all of the people that slowly disappeared from my bachelorette party. Till it was just you and me, and I, my voice was starting to go, which... Well, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Which was not helpful for me having to give that speech, like... 
not the next day. But no, we had like a couple days in between. It yeah. was like Friday night. We remember I got sick. Oh, This is yeah. where it started. Oh, that is right. You did get sick. Justine, put all the attention on you. <laughs> I was like, gladly. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I'm not sure about the audio quality. It's not going to be as good as we are today. Yeah. But it's Clueless. Everybody loves Clueless. So it's a special treat. It's fun. It's us from the past. So have fun with it. So we have a million, billion, zillion thank yous today from yes, all of our you. friends who comment to us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And iTunes. iTunes. Yes. That was surprising. Yes. That was a really nice little treat after I was dealing with VFX hell. <laughs> we got an amazing iTunes review. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, we're so excited and happy. We're happy. I'm genuinely happy that people like what we're doing because for a long time it was just us and i mean it's still like just us and we're just doing what we're doing as we're doing i don't know you know what i'm saying you, we're just talking to one another we are recording our ramblings and people like it and that is cool that is interesting i have these thank yous there's a lot thank you serena valerie jane sam nicole k christine o ashley's mama Aww. joshua f Aaron F, Papa and Mama General, yeah. Jackie E, Hillary H, Sarah H, Critical Crop Top, Two Girls One Film Podcast, Leah, Jenny Fish, Potterned Family, Nessa, So I Married a Movie Geek Podcast, Comic Confidential Podcast, Nilba, Vincent Price's Laugh, JB, and Hydrate Level 4 Podcast. <laughs> we made some podcast friends. Yeah, we did. Quite a few. Uh, Twitter was just like blowing up with followers. We've reached 100 followers. Yeah. Actually, we reached like 110 followers last time I checked. Yep. So, yay. I'm so happy that you like us. Indeed. So, uh, to get all of our episodes, they are on thecutaways.com. You can listen to them. You can download them for free onto your computer. They are a gift from us to you. Aw, so happy. It comes in an MP3 format. Yep. And you can put it on all of your listening devices. Anything you want. Or you can hop on over to iTunes or Stitcher or any of your podcast sites of choice. And we are also there. And you could subscribe to us, which would be cool. Yeah. And if you can't find us on any podcast network, please let us know and we will make sure that we get put there. Yeah. Um, and then everywhere you can leave us comments and rate us. Subscribe to us. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever yeah. Drop us a Drop us a line. And as we said, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Cutaways Podcast. So next week, uh, we're going to be clueless. So it should be fun. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Please listen. Enjoy a gift from my bachelorette party. Yay.